Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to this first feast of the new ecclesiastical year. We ended the ecclesiastical year with the great feast of the Dormition of the Theotokos, and even then, towards the very end, the beheading of John the Baptist, John the Forerunner. And now we come a week after the new ecclesiastical year, and we celebrate the birth of the Mother of God. I would like to draw attention just for a moment to the Kentuckian. The Chaparian and the Kentuckian are both kind of hymns that are kind of thematic hymns uh, that hold the whole feast together. Uh, they're read at the hours, the festal hours. They will be read tomorrow morning before the Divine Liturgy. Uh, and they feature prominently within the vigil the night before. So during Matins, uh, for example, at uh, the end of Vespers, as the deacon uh, senses three times around the icon, we see the Shaparian three times. Uh, and then in the middle of the canon during Matins, we see the Kentuckian. Uh, the Kentuckian goes like this. By your nativity, O most pure virgin, Joachim and Anna are freed from barrenness. Adam and Eve from the corruption of death, and we, your people, freed from the guilt of sin, celebrate and sing to you. The barren woman gives birth to the Theotokos, the nourisher of our life. In the nativity, or the birth of the Theotokos, we, uh, as we celebrate, uh, not too long ago, uh, the Dormition of Anna, and remembering also that we have the conception of the Theotokos, remember on these feast days, uh, the birth of the Theotokos, or the way in which God providentially brought uh, Joachim and Anna out of their barrenness. This is a great theme throughout Scripture. Uh, you remember Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, they have uh, Isaac late in life, so much so that Sarah, when she hears that she has, is going to have a child, she laughs. Uh, then we also have Hannah and her grieving in the temple so with such um, grief with so much uh, feeling that somebody thinks, uh, the priest thinks that she's drunk. Uh, but she's grieving and asking God for a son because she's not able to have one. She is then given the gift of Samuel. Isaac to be, uh, as we know from scripture, uh, that Abraham has to be willing to sacrifice. Uh, and then Samuel who is then sacrificed uh, in a way, to the temple, just as the Theotokos uh, is given up as a sacrifice uh, in the temple early in her life. That Joachim and Anna, as they're freed from their barrenness, they then, in turn, in just a few short years, give Anna into the service of the temple, just like Hannah had done with Samuel. We also have a very important theme uh, that helps to understand especially uh, the veneration that is given to the Theotokos, that is a very early theme within the church. And that is the next line about Adam, Adam and Eve, that the Theotokos frees them from the corruption of death. Yes, of course, it is by nature of what this icon picks for us. It is not the Theotokos on her own that frees us from the corruption of death, right? It is, of course, her son. And the Dormition of Theotokos, who do we underline is the reason why she is brought up into heaven, but because of the mediation of her son, our God and Savior, the only mediator between man and God. But very early within the life of the church, uh, you have at least in the second century, 
Justin Martyr, Irenaeus of Leon, uh, just a century later, you have a great uh, explication of if Paul talks of Jesus as the second Adam, then we also understand Eve, uh, uh, sorry, I already gave it away, the Theotokos as the second Eve, that she and the fathers love to wax lyrical about this. I'm thinking of Ephraim the Syrian especially, who waxes very lyrical about the way in which the mother of God overturns um, the ways in which Eve failed. So, for example, Eve is deceived through hearing, but how is the mother of God saved, or how does she correct that? When she hears the angelic message given to her, she is ready and she assents. She does, she is not uh, deceived, uh, she is ready to assent completely, and therefore she um, participates in the, the blessing or the curse Remember, God in the garden when the snake uh, is cursed. Do you remember what the curse is against the snake? You're going to crawl on your belly and eat dust, yes. Joseph, yes. And someone will crush your head. Yes. Who's going to crush the head of Satan? Okay. Eve. Eve. The second Eve. The second Eve. So yes, we already... Yes, Joseph. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So we already have uh, a completion. This then, of course, then is recapitulated, especially in the book of Revelation, in chapter 12, I believe, where we have uh, the very apocalyptic vision of the woman uh, giving birth to the sun uh, and the dragon, right, the snake, the dragon after them. But we have, uh, through her nativity, great joy that the salvation that God um, planned from before the foundation of the world has come to fruition in this great flower of Israel, this holy, chaste, uh, and glorious virgin who then gave birth to God the Word through her faithfulness, through God's initiation, but through her faithful ascent. So let us rejoice, as the Chaparian tells us, in this great mystery, in this great uh, salvation uh, that God has wrought for us, and especially for knowing the mother of God and having that access to God through his mother. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Have, uh, the liturgy.